Increasingly, as the world seems to be spinning out of control, Christians are asking, what on earth is God doing? Is He really in control? And if so, where are we headed? Our special guest today is Jan Markell of Olive Tree Ministries, and she has the answer to these questions. So, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a great friend on the set with us today. She is Jan Markell, and she is the founder and director of Olive Tree Ministries located in Minneapolis, Minnesota area. Welcome to our program, Jan. David, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay. So good to have you thank on, you, Jan. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah. Now, if I understand, you're a Jewish Christian, right? Well, yeah. My, uh, my world was um, kind of a combination. I had some Jewish influence and I had a little bit of Christian influence, but I heard a uh, Jewish evangelist when Very I was just one. 11 years old. Um, neighbors dragged me to hear Dr. Hyman Appleman. I didn't really know what he was talking about, uh -huh. but you know, he, he preached the gospel so convincingly and my heart was so convicted that I needed to respond to what he was talking about. And I, as an 11 year old, I gave my heart to the Lord. I did not know that that would ultimately mean I would be in full-time Christian <laughs> ministry and all the problems that come with it. And when did you start full-time Christian ministry? And that was in the late 1970s. 70s. So, you, yes. you were a Christian and you just went right into ministry after that? Well, I, frankly, I went, I took a trip to Israel okay. in there in my, uh, as a young adult and that turned my life upside down in a good way. Yes. It grounded me. Yes. Um, it made, the, the world suddenly made much more sense to me after my trip to Israel. So, I'm so grateful. We I always that. say to people that are considering going with us to Israel that, uh, that when you go to Israel, it turns the Bible from black and white yeah. into technical. Exactly. Yes. Exactly <laughs> right. And the world too, because I better understood the whole concept conflict, particularly in the Middle well, East. Well, you worked with Jews for Jesus for a couple of years, and mm -hmm. then you started your own ministry, and basically you just got in a car and started driving all over exactly. the United States, and, exactly. and you had your, your, your slides with you, I guess. Yeah, and my uh, AV equipment, my 12-string guitar, <laughs> and David, when I started, um, I couldn't keep up with the demand. Yes. Okay. It was so tremendous. And quite different from today. Quite different. And you wrote an article about that recently, about how if you were just starting out today, you wouldn't find a place to speak. <laughs> I don't, it would be a serious problem. If I had to support myself doing that, I would be in the poor So, there's house been a big sure. shift in, on the churches with regard Huge. to their interest in end-time in prophecy. Uh, back then, I could minister every day of the week and 10 times on Sunday. And that's so strange when, when all the signs of the times indicate exactly. that we're living right on the threshold of exactly. the Lord's return. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jen, I want to ask you about something else. Uh, I read a book of yours recently. You've written several, but this this book just grabbed me. I couldn't I couldn't put it down. You're, first of all, you're a brilliant writer, mm -hmm. and the book was called "Trapped in Hitler's Hell." And I want you to, I want our viewers to know about that book. So I'd like for you to look right into that camera, give them a capsule summary of it, and tell them how they can get a copy. Well, "Trapped in Hitler's Hell" is a true story of Anita Dittman, Holocaust survivor. She turned 90 very recently, and. Uh, story of miracle after miracle after miracle of how God saved her life, saved her mother's life in the camps, her escape from the camps, her, the reunion of her and her mother. Um, 
it's, it's a story of miraculous provision, and uh, it's been out 40 years. And wow. you as an author know most books don't have a 40-year right. lifespan. Right. 40 years, World Net Daily hopes to make it a made-for-theater film in 2018. OliveTreeViews.org. Just go to my store or you can call my office, and we'll get it out to you as soon as possible. And, and when they go to your website, can they uh, sign up to be on a newsletter? Do you Absolutely. have a newsletter? Absolutely. Print newsletter, e-newsletter. We've got five years of radio programming posted well, there. Let's talk about radio programming. What's the name of your radio program, and, and what's the nature of it? Well, Understanding the Times tries to help folks understand our rather goofy, complex times because, well, <laughs> in the, we're in the very end times yes. and things go haywire when you're in the end times. So we try to make sense of it for people. We look at all, we even look at politics, uh, but we try to do everything from a biblical perspective and we hit eschatology as often as I can. The fact that the King is coming and uh, David, the most frequent email I get and I, Nathan, I have a feeling you get it as well. Number one is where can I find the good church? And number two is why won't my church talk about the fact that the and king is coming? And it's hard to find a good church. It's hard days. to find a good church. Uh, folks, uh, Jan has a major radio program. It's broadcast mm -hmm. every week on Saturdays and Sunday. You can find it on the Bot Network or Salem Network and other networks as well. She's on over 800 stations in the wow, United States. She has a tremendous following. And uh, she doesn't, uh, she hasn't seen this yet, but I have just finished a new book. Uh, <laughs> the book is called God's Prophetic Voices to America. And there's a whole chapter about her in that uh, book, along with 13 voices, past and present, that I identify as God's prophetic voices to America today. That book uh, is available. And uh, uh, by the time you see this program, it's going to be available. So uh, you can uh, order it from us. Uh, it's called God's Prophetic Voices for America. And I'm just hoping and praying that Jan's well, going to like what I said about thank her. Thank you, David. That is so kind of Surprise. you. you I, I'm blown away. <laughs> she, as I say, she hasn't seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it has a beautiful picture of you in there also. Well, we struggled with that, but we came up with <laughs> one. We did. Well, uh, Jan, I, uh, you also have a person who helps you with the radio program that many of our viewers are familiar with because we've had him on this program right. several times. Tell the people about him. Well, Eric Barger is my very often co-host. Um, Eric and I became acquainted in 2009 and um, so he sits in with me as often as he and can. And one of the reasons I think you have him is, is well he's very articulate yeah. and he's very knowledgeable but your ministry not only touches on Bible prophecy but it's also apologetics right. ministry. I mean mm -hmm. you're defending the faith all the time. We try to. We try because there's a lot to defend and there's a lot that's haywire. And one of the things that I point out in, in this uh, book is that you are a person who uh, is really concerned about the apostasy that's sweeping through the church today and you speak out about that very, very strongly. Like I love what you say, you call yourself in your newsletter a watchman on the wall and you yes. consider yourself a watchwoman on the wall. Well, and I, and I hope every Christian would be a watch person on the wall because yeah. I mean that's kind of our calling. Uh, sons of Issachar were men who understood the times. And well, God as I did research on you, understood. I found that there is a phrase that you repeat over and over yeah. in your writings and uh, that phrase is this. The world is not falling to pieces, rather the pieces are all falling into place. Yeah. And we're going to come back in just a moment and talk about that.
Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with Jan Markell, the founder and director of Olive Tree Ministries. Jan, before the break, I mentioned that one of the expressions that appears over and over in your writings is goes something like this. The world is not falling to pieces, rather the pieces are all falling into place. What in the world do you mean by that? Well, the Bible, David, outlined so many things that uh, would be happening as the sort of the end of the church age uh, would close. And we're just seeing some of those stage setting signs. A lot are going to come true, are going to be fulfilled in the tribulation, but we have things being fulfilled as we speak. We have, uh, we have things going on with the church, 2 Timothy 3, where men will be lovers of self and money and, and proud, arrogant. And we, we see that, where was that better demonstrated than in our election campaign back in 2016? You know, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. I'm the most qualified. I'm the, I and, will make America. And, and, I, and it just went on and on. One candidate after another was boasting and boasting. Well, anyway, the point is, I think that we're seeing so many of the predicted signs starting to really manifest and they're going to intensify. And the Bible says when you see these things begin to happen, look up and know your Redeemer is drawing near. What kind of signs would you say then are, besides, you just mentioned apostasy in the church and people being lovers of themselves. I read an article just this week that said that people will take enough selfies to equal every yes. day of their life. They'll go to yes. art museums and instead of taking pictures of art, they'll take a picture of themselves in front of the art. We are clearly lovers of ourselves and that's a sign of the end time. Is there just a quick, is there well, other Israel, signs? Israel, of course. Well, Israel, Israel, yeah. Israel is the super sign, And of that's course. where your passion is, right? Uh, yeah. Sure, but I mean, we've got goodness. Mm -hmm. We've got the rise of evil, and I, I talk about that on radio sometimes. Okay. We've got. Did you ever think that we'd see after-school Satan clubs? And that's <laughs> what we have now, and it, they're they're competing with the child evangelism classes that are offered. Uh, we have the increase of travel. people saying that you are a backward person if you yeah. don't believe a man should be able to go into women's exactly. <laughs> and so, we, but we have yeah. this kind of return, David, of the days of Noah because oh, yeah. the, Noah's well, day. Familiar, I'm sure right? they, Isn't it supposed to be Jesus like said that? that would and, yeah. and I'm, that's, I think, they thought those ways back mm -hmm. then. Several years ago, I wrote a book about the signs of the times called Living on Borrowed Time. Yes, and I right. had 22 yes. different Bible prophecy people respond, and you yeah. were one of them. Yeah. And I asked, what do you consider to be the most important sign? And, of course, almost everybody said Israel. But, the, but they said, but there really is one more important than that. The convergence. Convergence. Now, what yes. does that mean? Well, I think that's when you see all these things begin to happen, look up. They're all coming together. They're all, all the coming together. Are... They're all coming together. Um, there's just so many of them coming together um, that I think I would agree with that. I think convergence is the key. Well, you have recently, uh, in, in most recent articles, you have really been talking a lot about the shift in the evangelical world from preaching the Bible to social activism. Tell us about that. I think younger pastors and just plain younger people, let's say perhaps under 40, um, their passion is social justice. And it's one reason Israel is falling kind of into disfavor. And we can probably get to this in a later discussion as well. But this social justice is, for instance, it's, it's convincing a younger generation that we have to be pro-Palestinian, get away from Israel, look at the Palestinian cause, but it's the overall social justice. Yeah, it, nuclear it's, weapons, yeah, of torture, of all of poverty, these things, poverty, poverty, yes. On and on and on. To the fact where evangelicalism is beginning to look like it's the social gospel, yes. which 30 years ago, I can remember. Uh, the evangelical movement was so, you know, I've even done a history 
on um, the evangelicals came together in 1942 in St. Louis to be a counter to the uh, World Council and National Council of Churches. Way back then, in the early 40s, they came together because they wanted to count. Now they're behaving just like them. Yeah, they've left faith to yeah. works, and it needs to be a good yeah. balance. Maybe yeah. there was too much academics at the time and not enough works, and now we got too much works. And not, It seems yeah. like the pendulum through history swings back and forth, but never ends well, up the in the middle. Is a, is a movement away from the Bible. Uh, yes, exactly. The, uh, the latest poll by Lifeway just came out says that the number of evangelicals in this nation has now dropped from 9% to 6%. And these really? are defined mm. as people who believe nine doctrines. And their doctrines like God, there's only one God. Yep. God was the creator. Jesus was God in the flesh. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for the atonement of our sins. Satan is a real person. Uh, and uh, that's what they do, judge and it by. Then their second category are people who are non-evangelical but claim to be born again. And in that group, which is the majority of Christians right now, I call them cultural Christians, when they ask them that question, they say, yes, Jesus sinned. No, there's no such thing as Satan. And they call themselves Bible, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Christians. But they deny the fundamentals of the faith. Well, again, I think this is a part of the great falling away that is predicted in 2 Timothy and many other places that people are going to pretty soon give heed to the doctrine of demons and they're just going to... Christian yoga. Christian yoga. Can you sanctify yoga? You cannot sanctify the Chris fact Long. you're calling down millions of Hindu gods, but there are many Christians who think you can sanctify it. Albert Moeller wrote an article yeah. about yoga <laughs> and why it was unchristian and he said he had never received so much hate Mill and all of his life from Christians. Mm -hmm. I, I believe it. I believe it. But that's part of this end time deception. It's the end time falling away of truth. Well, I find the church today just desiring acceptance by the world. Yes. Yes. And the result of that is that you have, quote, evangelicals saying, well, you know, uh, we've got to be tolerant, tolerant. of homosexuality. We've tolerant. got to be tolerant of same-sex marriage. And I don't see anything wrong with this or that or whatever, but we, we've got to be accepted by the world. Well, but the left isn't tolerant of us. <laughs> <laughs> One of the leading apologists, uh, excuse me, we'll back that up. One of the leading millennial preachers today, his name's Jefferson Bethke, is out there actually saying that we shouldn't, we should stop really getting into our Bibles. We shouldn't worry about apologetics. We can just pull it up on our cell phone and read it. Mm -hmm. And instead, like you said, we should tell our story and be more social justice activate. Why are Christians and churches abandoning reading the Bible, the Bible, the foundation of our faith? Well, I think, again, I think we're, we're going through the time of the great falling away, which is, was predicted. Church of Laodicea. The Church of Laodicea is prospering. Um, okay. I wish, that's why we need to keep doing what we're doing and give out the truth. But those truth tellers who are getting fewer and fewer also come under tremendous satanic attack. And I, I just encourage your audience, David and Nathan, to pray for, for ministries that are telling the truth. Well, I, I find that, the, to me, the greatest apostasy that's occurring in the church today, even among evangelicals, is the teaching that there are many roads to God. Yes. Where, where I turn, the people are saying there are many roads to God. Uh, well, the shack Talk didn't help. That. The shack didn't no. help. That's right. Um, and I think all of us have. The author is a universalist. I think we've taken some hits for uh, kind of denouncing that because it was such a feel-good message, mm -hmm. and so many Christians who are hurting felt that they could identify with the lead character in the shack. But that's indicative of the church today. Thankfully, not all. Um, because the remnant remains true. Well, again, the number one value in our society today is tolerance. So if you get 
up and you say there's only one road to God and mm -hmm. that's through Jesus Christ and there is only one God and He's not Muhammad, you are intolerant. Well, I tell you, I want to recommend a book and that's Robert Jeffress' yes. book, uh, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven. It's outstanding. Yes. Yes, I've yeah. just got through reading it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jan, your ministry is, is to be the watchman on the wall, to tell people about the signs of the times. And do you see a response to it? I mean, are, you don't just oh. feel, are you a lone voice crying out, no one's listening to you, or do you see a response? I, and I, I, Nathan, and I don't want to call attention necessarily to myself and the ministry, but uh -huh. to answer your question, at my fall conference a year ago, or last fall, in a venue of 4,300, we had 6,000 people. We did not know what to do. It was kind of a crisis. The, the, the freeways were backed up with cars trying to get to because people want to hear what what we have to yeah. say. They really do. The remnant wants. It's not in their the pulpit. Remnant. It yeah. is not in their pulpit. And hundreds of people came to me and said, "Where can we find this kind of uh, truth about eschatology and the Lord's return? It's the best news there is. It's we have hope. It's the blessed hope. My church won't talk about it. My family won't talk about it. My good friends won't talk about it. And if I talk about it, they think I'm crazy." Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have this big conference every, every year. Our ministry, of course, yeah. hosts a, a large conference yes. every July, and. Uh, that's one of your major outreaches for your ministry. Yes, and they come from across the country and they're starving. It's the starving remnant. And, and they're looking to the watchman on the wall and they're trusting us. And that's kind of a heavy burden, but it it's is. an honor. I think most it's young pastors today have uh, fallen into the trap of thinking that the only way you can build a church is, is to be seeker sensitive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not to hurt anybody's feelings, to tiptoe through the tulips. And I think yeah. what people really want to hear is the Word of God. Yeah, they do. And, and what it says. The unadulterated and the literal Word of God, not and the, the, and the, the allegorical. And the Word is powerful. They need to yes, hear that yes. they are sinners. They yes. need to hear that they need to repent. And nobody yeah. wants to talk about that. No, no. The seeker sensitive came along some 20, 25 years ago. And one of the founders of it apologized. Yes. He yeah. apologized. He but he said, didn't change it. He, he didn't change it, it but he said, going. I was wrong. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. I know it's yeah. turned our churches into outreach events. To me, yes. a, a church service should be a rejuvenation of the congregation, a rebuilding to equip them to go out and preach. Instead, we've turned our our sanctuaries into outreach events and we always preach at the one-on-one level and no one yeah. ever grows. I can see how that would really backfire. Well, I think it has and I think the church, and, and you know, I mean, there, there are remnant believers and remnant pastors holding to truth. Thank you. Continue to do so, Personal. please. But they're in the minority. Now, you went to uh, Bethel University, yes, right? Uh -huh. In Minneapolis, because yes. I think there's more than yes. one school. No, it's in St. Paul. Yeah, St. Paul. Okay. And uh, recently, or sometime recently, you, you went there for a conference. Tell us about that conference. Well, <laughs> it, it had you ranting and raving. Yeah, <laughs> it would have most of your viewers ranting and raving. Um, it was called Hope for the Holy Land. Um, I, it, it was put on by a number of organizations. World Vision was a part of it. The school, Bethel University, was a part of it. There were a number of speakers, and it was mainly to denounce Israel and mm. to lift up the Palestinian cause. And clearly, the Palestinian people, I mean, the Palestinian people are such victims of their leadership. Their, leader. oh, yeah. their leaders their are so abusing them. And but to hear Israel put down for a couple of hours and then the Q&A time and some of us tried to ask questions. We were shut down. We couldn't ask questions. And then, David, the president of the school got up and he said, I'm, this was so shocking. He said, I'm so sorry that I didn't grow up in a church 
that honored the Palestinian people. He said, instead, my church had maps of Israel all around, and I just wish I would have known the Palestinian story as I was growing up. This is Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Well, but uh, you also told in, in the reading that I did, uh, the research I did, you told about another meeting there where they, uh, uh, they talked about, uh, had Buddhists. Yes. Tell they us had, about that one. They had, um, this was promoting contemplative prayer. This is a big problem in the church, is the mystical element that yeah. has come in. Mm -hmm. And they had a Buddhist there promoting Buddhism and his form of prayer. And um, they had numbers of people, these poor students. Yeah, they don't know what, what to believe anymore. What are these 18 to 20 year olds supposed to make of a situation like this? They had no idea. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna go out and practice the kind of praying that this Buddhist recommended, which is dangerous because you can allow demons to come into you. You open yourself up to yeah. invasion. So it was shocking, this is my alma mater. And Obviously, not everyone in the school or the parents or the students went along with it. I think a lot of people are getting shocked these days over their alma maters. One yeah. of our board members is a graduate of Wheaton College and has always been very, very proud of Wheaton College. And one of the leaders of the uh, so-called Christian Palestinian movement yeah. today is a professor there who is talking all yeah. the time about the poor Palestinians yeah. and we've got to do something about Israel and all this sort of thing. Yeah, I know who you're talking about <laughs> and, and I, they've kept him on staff for 20 years. So apparently it doesn't bother the leadership. But there, and, and that's sad because the number one leader uh, in the world today against Israel and for the Palestinians is a, uh, a Church of England priest by the name of... Uh, Stephen Sizer. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Sizer. And his bishop finally called him in and said, you either shut up yeah. about this nonsense or you lose your parish. Well, and he said, I'll take my parish. Okay. But he had just posted on his Facebook account an article about how the attacks on 9-11 were carried out by Mossad, yeah. the Israelis. He is a true anti-Semite and he's a crony of the Ayatollahs in Iran. So, And he's also one of the main speakers at Christ in the Checkpoint, which is another um, type of every other year in Bethlehem that's coming against Israel. On the some evangelicals are speakers. Yes, well, you know, uh, Jan, uh, because you're on the front lines, and you are, you're right on the front lines, and you're speaking out about these vital issues, you are constantly under attack. I, I was telling you as we were driving here yesterday, I got on the internet and I just typed your name in, and here was attack after attack after attack after attack. Uh, I think you got the devil stirred up. Apparently, <laughs> doing something right. I, I just tell the truth. Yeah. And I mean, one of your one of your worst attackers has has been Hank Hanegraaff, mm -hmm. who's just attack and attack and attack. And you know, Hank became a preterist several yeah. years ago, where he said all end time Bible prophecy was fulfilled in in uh, uh, 70 A.D. with the destruction of Jerusalem, right. and then recently. Yes. He made the stunning announcement that he was joining the Greek Orthodox Church, and he was immediately kicked off the Salem radio network, right? A bot network. Oh, the bot, bot network, network yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, uh, I don't know. In fact, there was a few years ago when he publicly announced that he believed anybody who believed in the pre-tribulation rapture was a member of a cult. Well, cult. Yeah, he's also very, very anti-Israel, oh, yes. uh, David, and I just think, you know, his judgment is skewed, and I think we do need to pray for him. He has some Christ, health crisis right now as well. Yes, yes. Um, but, and in January on his national program, he said, I'm a blight on the earth. Blight on yeah, the earth? Yeah, he said that to his national audience and said, don't listen to her. 
she's reprehensible. So and then that gives you more stations and more people show up for your conferences. So he's, That's do, true. he's doing you a favor. Well, <laughs> Jen, you just look like you know, like the person, last person in the world who would be a threat. I'm a yeah. humble woman from the Midwest, from the Twin Cities. You know, the, the frozen so north, frozen north, socialist capital of America. And I mind my own business. Well, it's not only a socialist capital of America. It seems like it's becoming more and more an Islamic. It's capital Islamic, wow. Islamic capital. It is jihad central. Do it you is. have a lot of uh, concerns when you hold your conferences of, of we Muslim We spend attacks? between five and ten thousand dollars in security for the conference, so everybody is safe. And isn't that a sad thing to think isn't we that, have to do that in America? Uh, when we started, David, we didn't even give that a thought. Say, when, uh, several years ago, I went out to speak at a conference at Chino Hills, uh, Jack Hibbs, yeah, uh, Calvary Hibbs. Chapel, out there, wonderful man of God, yeah. and they had two former. Uh, Palestinian terrorists who have become Christians. They had so many bomb threats. They circled the entire inside with police, the entire outside with police. And every time a speak every time a speaker got up, Jack got up and read a statement. I want you to know that in the state of California, it is a felony to disrupt a church service. If you disrupt this church service, we will prosecute you. And I thought, what is America come yeah, to? Yeah, what does it come to? Yeah. Well, some of this is the Islamic influence. It's heavily, almost exclusively, for that matter, the Islamic mm -hmm. influence. Um, I didn't think I'd live to see it in my day, but um, the Twin Cities is definitely um, Islamic. Well, I'm getting ready to write an article capital. about that because yeah. I've been given a lot of thought. Why is it that the left in America loves Islam so much? I mean, here, they work for the same here is Islam saying yes. we should throw, we should kill homosexuals. Women shouldn't have any rights at all, not even to drive a car, vote, mm -hmm. or anything. Uh, they stand for everything the left believes in, yet the left loves them and promotes them. And, yeah. does, and you know what? I am convinced that there's one fundamental reason, and that is they both hate Christianity. Yeah, yeah they want yeah. to purge America of yeah. Christianity. I think that's exactly right. That's what brings them together. Yeah, that's what brings them together. And their humanistic thought, they think once Christianity is out of the way, they'll be able to purge Islam. Yeah, if your enemy is my enemy, then yeah. we're political We're going to be friends. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, do exactly. you have any hope for us? I mean, yeah, the world's falling apart. We're in the Church of Laodicea. But what are some of the success stories you're seeing in your ministry? Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, I think um, I, I'm, I am encouraged that the remnant is on fire. The remnant yes. wants to understand truth. The remnant wants to understand the issues we care about so much. The remnant is on fire to win folks to the Lord. The remnant understands the time is short. Hallelujah. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with Jan Markell. Jan, great blessing. So glad you My came. My privilege. Thank and you. And Jan, listen, we, we just you. love you and we thank you for being on the program. Thank and you, you can come back and be on this program anytime. In All fact, right. I'm going to have you back next week to talk thank about you. Israel, okay? All right. Love, All right. love well, it. Folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you and the Lord willing. I hope you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. I want to personally urge you to get a copy of my newest book titled God's Prophetic Voices to America. This is my 16th book and I consider it to be the most important one I have ever written. It presents summaries of the prophetic messages of 13 people whom God has anointed to point out the sins of our nation and call us to repentance. Those people include four from the past and nine who are currently speaking out warning our nation that we are headed for destruction if we do not repent. The voices of the past include Peter Marshall, David Wilkerson, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, 
and Francis Schaefer. And the current voices include Don Wildman, Jan Markell, Albert Moeller, and Jonathan Kahn, among five others. This is a book with a very urgent and vital message that both you and your pastor need to read. We can provide it to you for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. And since we're very anxious to get the book into the hands of pastors, we will ship you two copies of it for a gift of $30 or more, including shipping. If you desire the special offer of two copies, ask for offer number 780. You can place your order by calling the number on the screen Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, or you can place your order through our website at lambline.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.